welcome to the Magical Holistic Healing Arts Podcast, where you learn how to raise your vibe, explore your magic, and embody your authentic power. I'm Lynn Hicks. I'm Erica Hicks. And we're the mother-daughter duo inspiring transformation through holistic lifestyle and conscious living. We bring water to the conversation because no one else is. We know hydrogen-rich water is the key to longevity and vitality. Life's about flowing, so this is the easiest way to upgrade your health and mindset. High Vibe Water, join our revolution and new paradigm biz at the Magical Holistic Healing Arts Podcast.wordpress.com. Cheers. Hydrate your, your life with, with us. On today's episode, we had Diana, who's a Feldenkrais practitioner, and she gave us so many great um, small practices to really be in awareness and presence and then has a course out on sleep. So we even got all, we got to talk about sleep. Yeah, and we give you guys get a 20% discount off of her course using the word healing. All the notes are down below how to go into that. So if you're having trouble sleeping, she has this great 10-day simplified course that you can learn on how to better your sleep. And I loved our conversation too about slowing down, which I think is really important. And it's important for sleep. It's important for our lives. And so, yeah, we had such a great conversation having her back on our podcast. Yes, and so many little healing things about water, the brain, mm. slow movements, neuroplasticity, yeah. how you can constantly change yourself. So, yeah, grab your earbuds and take a listen. Today, we welcome Diana of Diana Breathe, a Feldenkrais practitioner. And we're going to just have her dive into it and ask her, what is your magical art? Hi, how are you? So great to be here with you all. Hi, Erica. Hi, Lynn. Thank you for having me in your beautiful setup here in your podcast. And in a few words, my healing arts helps people achieve better sleep, improved performance through removing issues like chronic pain or anxiety, and overall to be more present. Yeah, that's a lesson. We need that. Yeah, <laughs> That's, that's as concrete as I can get it, yes. Tell us more about Feldenkrais and how you use that in your practice to support people with those things. Thank you. Feldenkrais is something that I found myself, I was in acting school in 1995, back in the day. And we were taking all sorts of disciplines as, as acting students. And Feldenkrais really transformed the way I approached simple movements. You'll love this, this story. I used to hate getting up so early in the morning and hitting the alarm clock was such a pain for me and it kept buzzing all the old school before cell phones, right? Very loud. And one of the Feldenkrais classes was all about spiral movements and finding the pleasure and the joy in the movement. And my teacher said, think, where, where could you use this? This is supposed to be helpful in daily life. And she said, what about reaching for the alarm clock in the morning? It could be done with ease and pleasure and joy. And I thought, oh, I could use some of that. <laughs> so immediately I started practicing it and it changed my whole tone of my day. It seriously, I went from angry morning uh, early riser to, wow, this is yummy. So that planted a seed back in 1995. And when I moved to the U.S. in 2004, five. I completely had forgotten about it, actually, but I went through a little bit of a life crisis 
and I was seeking for things that have helped me. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you don't know what to do. You feel like you're in the dark night of your soul and you're like, when was the last time I felt really great? And I remember feeling Christ because it has such a transformative impact in my life. So that's what got me back into it. And it's been an amazing 13 years ever since I became a professional trainer, uh, professional uh, practitioner. Uh, not a trainer, we make up the distinction. You're a trainer if you teach teachers. I don't teach teachers. I, I share with people and clients. I teach regular clients, not uh, trainees and the Feldenkrais world. And um, what it does, how it works is, is utilizing the neuroplasticity of your brain, your capacity mm -hmm. to grow, new cell connections, new learning, um, continues to, that con continues to happen until the very last breath. And we use that ability that everybody, everybody knows, especially if you ever learn anything new, like a new language, sport, musical instrument, a new recipe, a new song, anything. We use that ability to rewire the brain for different movement, thinking, and feeling patterns. I got certified in, since 2009. I've been working with people with this method now. And what we do is train, retrain, rewire, let's say your brain, your, you know, your brain continues to grow new cells and new connections between them, billions actually, more cells in your brain than stars in our galaxy, right? And we continue to connect those until the very last day. There was an old myth, old, door, old dogs cannot learn new tricks, it's not true. Mm. We can age and continue learning. And the last time you learn a new song, a new recipe, a new sport, a new language, you are using this ability of your brain. So basically what we do is a, it's a complicated name, Feldenkrais, perhaps because it's a last name, it's a Russian Jew uh, creator of the name, gave the work his own name, but it's super <laughs> simple because really uh, last time you, I don't know, learn how to brush your hair with the other hand because you had a wrist that was hurting, let's say yeah mm -hmm. or open your car with uh the left hand instead of the, the right hand instead of the left because you were carrying something your your brain created a new circuit and if you were to do that over and over again it would become second nature so just like that we use the same ability to reprogram your brain to do whatever you want to do differently why do you want to do things differently maybe you're in pain maybe that behavior is limiting you somehow and by the way, when I talk about behavior, it's not just the actions, it's also your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, right? And we can use that, that ability to learn new things, to identify what are you doing that doesn't serve you anymore, and then do something else. That's mm. what it is in a long-winded answer. Now, I like that because it's really, A, you defy, you know, you're changing that you can't learn new things. Mm -hmm which is so important because people, you know, even I remember my mom would be like, I'm old, I'm done. I'm just how I am. It's like, no, mom, you're not, not until the day you go down, you know, yeah. your brain. So I think that's good to reiterate when people are in chronic or challenging patterns of any sort, hey, your brain can relearn. I remember when um, I had like carpal tunnel two years ish ago and I relieved that through chiropractic, but I was like, I like learned how to shuffle with my left hand instead of my right hand because I was in pain, like you said. And then 
the other day I was like washing dishes. I was like, I'm gonna try washing dishes with my left hand. Cause I understand like, yeah, you're building those new neurons. Like why not try it? And even though it's hard, it might take a little longer. Like if you're just doing something new and different in your day. So I love that there's like a me uh, modality that like helps people become more aware of those types of things. And also because the more you use those connections, the more that you can create nuance because it's not just the two, it's groups of actual neurons. So don't let me geek out on the brain because I can talk for hours on this. It's really interesting that the, the brain continues to, wants to continue expanding. So last time that you use that ability, then you can use it also for something else. And if you ever heard somebody said, oh, I'm not good at fill in the blanks, right? Oh, I can't sing. Oh, I have bad pitch. Oh, I don't jump anymore. Oh, I can't do stairs. It's so easy for us to limit our ability when actually the brain is designed to create more and more connections and to maintain us um, in what I call restful vitality until the very end. It's not agitated. Uh, it's not forceful. It's just life force in action. And mm -hmm. I like to see that across the board with the people that I work with, not only in daily movements, like you just said, also in relationships, also in sleep, also with yourself, and, and even adapting to challenges that continue to happen to us just like this last two years that it's been one challenge after the other. So you could be setting your own ways and said, oh, well, uh, I won't leave the house anymore because I don't know if I'm safe, right? We can show many, many examples of how we create a pattern that helped us at some point and over time becomes old, just like old programming in a computer. And we have the capacity to identify it, love it, let it go and create a new one, just like upgrading uh, system. Yes. Oh, that's a very cool way to look at it, a little upgrade. And again, it makes us realize like there isn't this time where you can't shift things. What I like about Feldenkrais, and I was introduced um, when I went to a yoga retreat in um, Mexico. And then when I came back, I found Diana's card and went and had lunch and then had some treatments with her is that it's so simple. It's like you know, I, I remember we were kind of rolling around like babies on the floor in those very simple movements, but it was amazing how it shifted your body from doing simple because we're always like, oh, strengthen up and push all your da-na-na's. And this was more about mechanics of movement that then brought you in alignment. Mm. Yeah, simple is sustainable. Think mm. about the last time you were trying to or attempting to train a pet or a young child, the more complex, the more confusing, actually, because learning something new is already confusing. You're already figuring something out. The simpler you can make it, the easier to understand and adapt, which is what we want in the end, is something useful that you can see value on and then use it again until it becomes just preferred by your brain because it's efficient. And for that, it needs to be simple. So I love that you brought that up. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom loves simple. <laughs> simple, easy. Uh, good. <laughs> no, I think uh, that's part of it is, you know, and I like how you said the nervous system because we do, I know I do, I should claim for myself, 
have that nervous underneathness, and I guess it's like an anxiety or sometimes a panic um, in the world as it is now. And it's just a like jitters. And um, something like Feldenkrais brings that presence. Like when you're changing your movement, you're also not caught in your brain because you're having to consciously be mm. present in your body, noticing. Yeah, exactly. It's based on awareness, which is one of my favorite practices. Just simple awareness, just noticing this moment, mm. noticing what's around me. And then, of course, you can make it internal awareness and notice all these processes in your body and how frequently it is that we get caught in one way to do things when there's actually two three four different ways to do absolutely everything if we pay attention to it well i know you mentioned that you help people with sleep so is it like these movements because you're calming the nervous system down and that's like a great you know people might have like nightly rituals sometimes i roll my back out or put my feet up the wall to like help me, you know, get ready for bed. So I, I guess like, how do you help people sleep with Feldenkrais? Thank you. That's a great question. And it's very timely because I just launched a course about this two days ago. I'm really excited to share this with you both and your audience. So the, the way that Feldenkrais works with sleep actually is because there's very, like you said, simple and gentle movements that we do and i'm going to just give away a few just so your audience can play with this with your eyes with your tongue and with your hands that are super soothing so of course everything you just said yes it's very true and the course uh, covers some of that practices temperature rituals anything from from um, being present as you get into your winding down routine to also something like a gratitude and love, loving kindness practice. If you say wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares or can go back to sleep mm -hmm. because you're worried. But really these movements, the, the Feldenkrais approach to, to sleep is calming the nervous system down, what we call the parasympathetic, so the opposite of fight or flight. And we use simple tiny movements to achieve that because they're really... Um, if you think about a baby soothing, right? Mm -hmm. Think about the mouth, the tongue, tiny movements with the eyes, the, the hands. They create that soothing, that self-soothing uh, reflex and parasympathetic activation. So it immediately puts you into a rest, digest, and very calm state. And that coupled with breathing and perhaps a little visualization or uh, body scanning is guaranteed seriously so the the benefit i think it's is beyond the the night of course it supports in healthy sleep and all the benefits we know that come from sleep also i know that then you can use these movements during the day so next time you are anxious like you were sharing or you're having a little bit panic you can very quickly and within your own self have a, like i said a first aid kit you can mm -hmm. go to your movements during the day, right before a presentation, a meeting, uh, uh, if mm -hmm. in the middle of a challenging conversation, and you can self-soothe and calm and center yourself. That's mm -hmm. what I love about working with these uh, movements for sleep, because I see many applications of them. More than just sleep, yeah. Well, and you know what? I like that it's movement, because movement brings you into your body and out of your head. 
So, you know, if you are, especially if it's something you're not familiar with, whatever is, is going on, like you said, in panic situations or whatever, like sound and movement are quicker than thinking is the old shaman thing that I learned. And I tell a million people that movement will bring you back into your body, into the doing something for the parasympathetic. And then you're in that alertness. Like you said, you're I call Tai Chi energy. It's like you're active, but you're just calmly alert. And then you make better choices than when that you keep going and keep going, you know, and it fires up. <laughs> Look around us. Yeah, in, in life, everything moves. I mean, we can even say very, very slowly rocks move, right? So everything that is alive moves. And even in the peaceful stillness of a lake, there's movement, right? So movement is life. And when we connect to that natural source of life, I find it very reassuring also because you can feel the change. You can feel that you get out of that stagnation. And of mm -hmm. course, movement has been used over hundreds of years in all kinds of disciplines, right? To connect to our life force and our energy. And I think on the other side of that is that movement very slow comes calms us down so when you can slow down even just pay attention to the pace of your movement is a great tool and I don't know if you knew this about me or not but I used to be a statue so I know stillness <laughs> very well <laughs> days, I was a statue but even within the stillness of the statue I used to stand for like seven eight hours a day for for work right for money and even in the very much stillness of my statue, there was the movement of my breath, my organs, the movement of, I don't know, my eyes inside the orbits. There's all this movement happen all the time. And the more that you quiet your actual external movement, you tune into your own inner movement, which I think is beautiful and is, is the root of meditation. Oh, that would be interesting to be there that long. You would totally probably hear your heart pump. I mean, you just, yes. you have to entertain yourself. <laughs> exactly. You hear your belly sounds, your heart. Yeah, you hear eyelashes. Hey, listeners, did you know that we sell Kangen Water Ionizers? We consider it the number one sustainability tool because not only do we get to drink the best hydrogen-rich antioxidant water, we also get to detox our home from all the chemicals and cleaners, get to use some of the seven kinds of water for different health ales, and we save the earth of plastic and toxins. Yes, and who doesn't want to help this earth back to homeostasis, just like our bodies? Researchers show now that hydrogen is the number one antioxidant you can add to your life. So what easier way than just changing the type of water you're drinking for you and your family? This water is micro-clustered, so it can actually hydrate you at a cellular level, helping your longevity, your immunity, and your vitality. So if you want to help us spread the awareness of Kangen Water Ionizers and purchase one today, check the links below and join our team and help us spread the word about healing water. All right, let's get back to the magic. Yeah, well, and I think it's so key. I mean, you're talking about like stagnation and and movement and how it's life force and that's why we love our water that we drink because it is living water and I did just did a post on my Instagram the other day discussing the difference between living water and dead water and how there's a difference between these bottled waters and these waters like in a pond with algae or like you said like in our body like not moving and stagnant 
you know so when we're drinking like living water life force water it is it's 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 like the same as like moving your your waters of your body you know and like flowing in that sense so um i just had to make that connection because I don't think people don't really understand what living water is, but if we look at it like the micro and the macro of our conversation right now, like it is very similar to just our bodies moving and then what type of water we're drinking for our bodies, so. Yeah, and I think too, like uh, Diana, you know a lot about the brain and dehydration, you know, obviously mm -hmm. the brain connects. So maybe share, is there anything that you can say about water and the brain <laughs> and the movement? and? I actually have a question for you because I want, I know that our bodies are 70% water. Yeah. So when we drink dead water, let's call it, because the opposite of living water is, is water that is not alive. What happens to the water in your body? How does that affect? Yeah. Like dead water is very stagnant. Like bottled water has been bottled up for six to one year. So it's been sitting in that plastic or if you have a Berkey filter, it's just sitting in your filter or even your Brita filter. And so it can, it's just not hydrating us. It's not, it doesn't have that active hydrogen. So people are reaching for other drinks, right? Like all of my friends drink bubbly water. Why are they drinking bubbly <laughs> water all the time? Because they're not reaching for good water. And so they, they're, they're thinking they're doing something good for themselves and maybe reaching for something different. But in reality, your body's just not craving that type of water that you're drinking because it has this like subconscious uh, innate knowing that like that's not good for me that's not gonna that's not gonna hydrate me so you don't reach for it and that's what a lot of people aren't reaching for water because they're just drinking contaminated like and their bodies know it so they're not reaching for it and so um I, I think that answered your question I think it just is not it's just not hydrating and it, and, it, and we don't crave that water so then we're not people aren't going towards it I agree with that yeah and and the knowing of our body is one lovely piece of information there because it's true and I, I guess we tap into that knowing too with the work that I do and I love to imagine the water kind of feeling it the the completing it the mm -hmm. brain is electric right there's all this electricity in the brain and we know that water and electricity right they have this I don't know how to explain it. it's like a, a bi-directional relationship when you drink and you're hydrated, you create more of that plasticity. It's easier. It's, I don't know if, uh, if there's a more technical explanation for this, but what I feel is that I get really thirsty when I'm working and after I work. And when I finish working and I'm, I'm working with people online and in person, it works exactly the same way. I feel that I want to drink. And when I drink, I think better. I have mm -hmm. even like more clarity of thought. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm creating a lot of brain connections when I'm working with them and the, the brain gets thirsty. <laughs> I don't know. There, please don't quote me on this because there, I don't know if there's a technical definition, but it feels that way. So I can only imagine being so thirsty and then drinking water that is really hydrating and how much more of those connections we can create. Mm. Yeah, we, we like to kind of, say this view of like a dehydrated lens versus a hydrated lens of life. So like a dehydrated lens is like lack and yeah, like I can't do it. I don't know how to move. I'll, I'll never learn. And like a hydrated lens is like abundance and all the possibilities are there and I'm flowing through my life. And so 
Um, yeah, we, we totally agree with you. And the brain's actually 83% water as well. So it is very water-based and um, as our whole body is, but. Well, I think the electricity in the and water is yeah. the huge thing. And I think even like your movements, it's all tied together because it's yeah. a flowing that of course the water current's gonna support that and the muscle, you know, whatever the rest of your body is. And as you were saying, when you slow it down, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to calm things down and allow them to settle into, you know, whatever path. I don't know. I'm, I don't know the technical way either. That's not my thing. <laughs> but I do, you know, feel like the brain for us, our brain just had has had a major effect. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to just chat with someone who is working with building those pathways and how these things go together. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Ah, you're welcome. It's super interesting. I noticed that when I am hydrated, I sleep better, talking about sleep yeah. also. And I noticed that it's, it's kind of easier for me to take on a big challenge, right? It's mm -hmm. almost as if I get cranky. When I'm dehydrated, I'm cranky. Something is not right right the flow of life not so easy to access so mm -hmm. i see all kinds of connections for sure i didn't know the brain has so much water in it but that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah well i mean i think our blood's 94 percent. our muscles i think are like 85 percent. so yeah we're, we're basically water beings <laughs> but people think we have this like such physicality but mm -hmm. we're just like sacks of water pretty much <laughs> with electrical charge yeah with the electrical charge so I think it's so important to move it, you know, it, it like if we're just this like bags of water and even like our thoughts and our, our mind trickling into this, you know, I think um, teaching people that because we do, we get stuck in our ways so much so easily and and we don't know where to go or how to what, what the next step is. So I feel like Feldenkrais is like a, is like a, a really um, not like calming, but like gentle, a gentle. Yeah, a like word. a gentle way to start that process with yourself. I think you're super gentle and powerful at the same wow. time. It uses your inner power and the connection that you have with yourself. Like I said earlier, can spread to other areas of your life. So next time you're finding yourself trying to force, you know, uh, how do they say like a, a round peg into a square hole, right? I don't know if that's the expression, but you're you're trying to you things aren't working. I give you a perfect example of this was actually as I was birthing this course, it felt like the birth of my third child. I have two daughters, <laughs> and initially it was a twenty-one day course, and this is how that started actually. I was helping my young daughter through insomnia through COVID because she was very worried about people dying, especially grandparents. She couldn't sleep. And we took her to doctor, social worker, tried apps, breathing books, whatever. Nothing was working. So I took it upon myself. I, I needed to help this child sleep. And I found different ways to help her. And that created my interest, books, research, all kinds of, you know, looking outside of Feldenkrais even and playing with it, experimenting, seeing what works. And I promised that I was going to help a lot of people if I could help her. I said, whatever I find that works, I'm going to share it with as many people as I can. And in the process, and you, I don't know if you know, I've been part of Insight Timer. It's a free app, very well known. And I've been in there for years, three years now. So in the process, I said, well, let's see if they're interested in this course because I helped her. We, you know, she got over it. And I, I started 
putting together my um, audios that I recorded for her, bedtime stories, breathing and whatnot into a little course. Inside Timer wanted the course. I was so excited. I said, let's do it. And there I go, overachiever. I try to make this very perfect course, super thorough, more books from the library. I, I would walk away with stacks this big. I was really, it was too much, right? And I don't know if you can relate when, you, when you're aiming for something that you want it to be perfect, you want to cover all the bases, it's too much. And at some point it wasn't flowing. I created this 21 day course with all these layers and options and all that. And it wasn't really flowing. So I was feeling stuck. I was feeling dehydrated in my own creativity, right? So I had to slow down and notice that if I needed it to, if I wanted it to work, it had to be simple. So I started to simplify. I made it into 10 days. I grabbed the most important pieces. It was a process of shedding and it started flowing again. And when I felt connected to the flow, it was easy to do something that was just forceful. So I don't know, that, that comment you made reminded me of how many times do we find ourselves stuck and it's because we're trying to use too much force and overcomplicate things or needing it to be perfect. While when you tap into your own flow and simplicity and let go of that need for perfection, you find again that hydration, it feels juicy, right? It feels like it's moving almost on its own. So I see all these connections between what you just shared and the work that I do. And I, I experience it in daily life, even in simple things, like trying to get my kids to take a shower. If I force myself, I never get it. But when I find a playful way and a little bit of, you know, bribing or something works better than a threat and a, and a rule and all that forcefulness. It's mm, a good reminder. No, and I think that's so important to me. That's part of what femininity is, like that artistry. And it's not just females, but we naturally, let's get in the car. It's always what I say, because I used to sing that. Like I would sing things and, um, and really it is a more flowing way. Like let's get the current going here and direct versus, you know, because nobody ever listened, nobody listened to me much. <laughs> <laughs> you grew, grew also so used to everybody telling us what to do, right? Our teachers, our parents, people that meant well, good advice. And at some point we have so many to do's and already on our own list, right? Oh, do this, do that, do it my way. This is the best way. Too many prescriptions out there. And in a way that fem feminine way is also asking more like, what do I need right now? Mm. How do I want to do this? Do I want to do this actually? What do I want to eat? What feels good to wear, right? It's more a question and nourishing than following a prescription or a rule. So mm. the feminine way, 100%, I'm with you. Yeah. I like that explanation and, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess so like, so when you notice you were like getting forceful, do you just like pause and be present or like what's a maybe a little tip you could give us when we're feeling that way and like to get into that more flow, playful, gentle yeah. area? <laughs> Great question. Thank you for that. First is identifying, right? That's the main awareness piece is noticing. So what are the clues that tell you that you're in that place? For me, it feels like 
tension, either like I'm clenching or I'm mm -hmm. tightening my body. I feel this, this sense of something is rigid. Um, sometimes it's my own mind, right? In that case, I wanted it to be perfect and thorough and la da da, right? So I was rigid in my own mind. So I notice, and then the second step there for me is acceptance. Whatever I notice, I go, oh, here you are, right? Or, oh, wow, look at what I'm doing. Okay, great. Now, what are you here to tell? Teach me. What can I learn? Learn. So I ask to know more about it. And at that point, when I understand a little more, I move things out. So if I'm, say, stuck on something, I will go for a walk or lie on, my, on the floor or, or a big ball I have here, like an exercise ball. I will go hug a tree. I will actually go into sunlight. Nature is a great shaker for that rigidity because everything in nature is always moving. And it's feeding, it's, it's fueling, right? So it gets you out. It's, it's almost as if you want to disrupt. Imagine really in the brain, you're in a groove. You're in that old pathway of force, pushing, wanting something to be a certain way. It's, it's a groove. It's like you're in a rail, like on a train. And then you want to get out of that groove, but you cannot while still on it. You have to shake, you have to move yourself out of it. So getting in a bath, taking a cold shower, doing a round of breathing, going on the floor. There's multiple ways. It's mm -hmm. all about identifying where you are, not fighting it, not feeling bad for it because that keeps you even more stuck in that place and moving out of it in a way that feels easy for you. If it feels complicated, if it's a chore, if it's a big protocol, you will not do it a lot. You won't remember it. You will need to, you know, to go back and check it out. But if it's something simple that you like, that makes you feel good, you'll remember it the next time it happens. Like if I go on my ball and I will go backwards like that, suddenly feel like my spine is free. I may roll on the floor and do a few movements and feel, oh, wow, I, I got this, you know? But um, it has to be yours. You have to make it yours somehow. So for that mm -hmm. simplicity and repetition and, and that you identify, oh, wow, I feel great. Now I'm a little less tight, less rigid. And then you notice the difference. That is true learning. When you learned something, you, you, you can't trust it something, you learned it and then it's yours. And then I don't have to repeat it. You, you will remember it because you made it yours. Make sense? Yes. Yeah, no, I love that. And I um, definitely, we get in those moments sometimes when we're working on the computer. Yeah, like you're just like, trying to like get it all done you're on a time crunch or whatever and yeah and you know I've definitely have not paused but I've also have paused <laughs> to move that well I think it's critical because we're a lot of times have spent time in our mind in these last two years I think we got a chance to slow down and embody ourselves more so to like now the next part of that is like what how are you feeling because like this like at some point you will become aware either something will hurt and then you'll go wow i'm like you know and that's when you like you said you just take some few tools i feel like the practical tips it's what our whole podcast is based on mm -hmm. conscious living mm -hmm. and um that just a little shift is enough to get momentum and flow in another direction. It's like derail or default or um, redirect. So that was a great, thank you. And understanding what nourishes you, right? Just like you mentioned the water, I have a tree 
that when, when if you catch me outside, you'll see that I go to the tree. And if I sit under that tree, I get insights. It's mm. like, you know how they say the Buddha was f- forcefully trying to get enlightened, but finally sat under this one tree and just chilled. And that's when the enlightenment came. There's no real enlightenment. The enlightenment is your presence to yourself, to your heart, to your open awareness that everything is going to work out. And I think it's so important to have um, something that anchors that as a practice. I've been using two things. One is outdoors. It's that tree, saginko that I love. And the other one is my feet. So my feet I have always with me. The tree I don't, right? So if I'm here, I'll go and sit or hug the tree or look at it. And if I'm other than home, I will, I will use my feet as an anchor for that same practice of present awareness. I will say, where are my feet? Mm. And a lot of times if I'm in that place of, eh, my feet are tense, my feet are crossed or hiding or, you know, they're not in the ground. So I put my feet on the ground and I use that as a reminder. Oh, okay. I'm here. I feel support. It's going to work out. And over time, that becomes another little tool to just reconnect to yourself and find that inner strength where there's a lot of power, but not a lot of force. So it's very sustainable. And I think that's the gift of the parasympathetic system is when you actually calm down, you have far more brain power, body powder, everything, because, and your body will naturally keep bringing that parasympathetic back to you because it is a helpful state for your body to be calm but alert ready to act but not in run fight or flight and it because your body starts to do it for you like you were saying new neuro connections or neuroplasticity that uh, olympian that won the 100 meter dash is a very well-known clip and before the race He's doing this body movement. He's like completely shaking and loosening the whole body. And it's so beautiful to watch because you notice that he was very, very, very fast after that, but it was from complete relaxation, right? You would think that in order to be so fast, you have to be moving fast, but not really. You slow down and relax. And from that state, it's almost as if it's explosive power. I don't know how to say it. And it comes from complete relaxation. So you can go really fast without hurrying, without rushing, which is actually when the nervous system is too fast ahead of yourself, you will tend to think about this at home, right? You will tend to drop things. You tend to trip, fall, because you're a little bit ahead of yourself. So the more you hurry, the less you can get done. That's a great example. And yeah, I could, super- yeah. I And I know that. That's part of that nervous, like I was saying, I have an underlying thing so I drop a lot of things right I'm with you yeah so practicing slowing down will actually get you faster and another great example of this is any sport any athlete I work with some tennis and golf players pickleball they want to get really better at their sport and we whichever movement let's say it's a serve that they want to improve we slow it down a lot and in that slowing down it's almost like you deconstruct second by second by second and you get to see oh this is what the shoulder does and this is how i need to torque and this and after they can do it very slow in let's say perfect form which is what they need because they're they're athletes then they can do it very fast 
That's a great thing. Thank you for sharing that. For all the times we say, slow down, people yeah. don't realize there's more power in that. Yeah. Whereas we think, oh, the faster you go, the faster you go. But you, you can't. You've got to be going back and forth, fueling, then moving, then fueling. You know, it's a rhythm. Well, it's my favorite word. I feel like <laughs> the paradox, right? Slow down and move faster. Like. <laughs> and also you can feel more, I, I, I think. Um, we know from physics that when you reduce the input, you sense more, right? This is one of my favorite examples. Think about you walking into a stadium that has 20,000 fluorescent lights as a, you know, a, around you. And one of those bulbs goes off. You don't even notice the input is so huge, right? We're overstimulated mm -hmm. all the time, fast, louder, more multitasking, right? That it's hard for you to track. Now, if you were to walk in a house and it's just a few candles and one candle is off, right? You will notice right away because you reduce the input you sense more. So when you slow down, you also feel more. You get to be more present to you, to how are you feeling about this, to people around you. And it's a more enjoyable way of life. And then, yeah, sometimes I have to rush out the door. But because I'm in a, in a calmer state, I can also use all that reserved energy when I need it to be explosive, just like that um, runner. Yeah. Make sense? Yes. And I think our, it's, that's like the magic of life. I feel like it's slowing down and, and in some ways, I don't want to get too like conspiracy or something, but like paradigm, <laughs> old paradigm, but I feel like that's what the whole system wants us to be is so fast that we're not tapping into our magic, not tapping into this slowness. They want us to be so focused and multitask and like keep on going that we don't actually spend the time for ourselves and for the slowness. And so I think that's part of the new paradigm that's coming up, like what you're sharing and what all of our podcasters are sharing is this new way of life that is here and it's always been here. We're just taught something completely different. And I love the paradox too. And because it, it's truly the nature of reality, anything that is true is a paradox. It's, it's both and. And when you look around, everything is faster right? So technology is putting us on the fast track. So then it's even more so important than ever before to find ways to slow down with yourself and to be slow and fast, because we don't want to also re reject reality, right? Things are moving fast. Time is flying even faster than ever before. We are faster processors because technology is helping us um, understand, decode, interpret the world in a faster way, Think that in the last 200 years, we used to carry messages by horse, right? Remember, what, what was it called? The Pony Express? <laughs> and now we can chat across the world in instant, right? With people that are in a different time zone. So technology is here to make things faster. And also we have it in us, like you said, our own biology is designed for a mindful meal, a hug that lasts forever right and that's how we balance it out in my experience that's very well said yes well said well, we are getting to the top of the episode is there any last nuggets you want to leave our listeners although you've given us so many here well first of all i want to thank you so much for having me i was excited to see you again after so <laughs> long i see you looking younger so i want some of that water <laughs> Honestly, because 
Yes, a hundred percent. I think we saw each other two years ago and you look younger and more rejuvenated. So whatever you're drinking is working. Uh, I want to thank you for the time. I know you're, you're had a busy day and I'm so happy to share with all of you my course that I have a little gift of a 20% off. If you want to get the course on my website, I created a code just for you called healing. So if you put healing on the cart, you can get the course, which is really affordable to begin with, because I want to make it, get it to the hands of as many people as possible. And that's for your listeners. If you want to take a look at it, if you want to get it in the, in the Insight Timer app, it's there too. So I welcome everybody to my website. It's diana.io. It's my first name, .io. And then in the Insight Timer app, I am as Diana Bree. I would love for you to check it out. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for all your wisdom. Yes. Thank you. Thanks so much. You are wonderful and I appreciate your mission and everything. The episode isn't quite over yet, listeners. Or YouTubers. If you haven't given us a like, subscribed, left us a review, or commented on any platform, we would really appreciate you showing us some love here at the Magical Holistic Healing Arts. Remember, Kangen Water and our grab bag for the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and stay vibrant out there.